It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Yep, even this one. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. I am one of the certified financial planners on the show. I am also your host. With me here in the KFG Studios, certified financial planners, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Yeah, I like to start Saturday mornings. An ideal Saturday morning for me is getting up nice and early, and if there's someone else up in the house... I asked them to run out to the mailbox and get the, <laughs> the, the Wall Street Journal for me. If not, uh, in your skivvies, <laughs> just race out there. And if not, I take Winston out to the mailbox, and uh, it's uh, it's about 600 feet from my front door to the mailbox, so it's not a. I always make sure I'm wearing my Fitbit. But anyway, uh, so I like to start with the Wall Street Journal. The Saturday Wall Street Journal is fabulous reading. I, I like that because a lot of times some of my favorite things in the past have been reading the human interest stories in the finance section about how uh, financial men have gone down. Mm. And it's very interesting to read. But in a recent uh, Saturday morning, I read about how a generation is going down. And I looked at that and my heart is heavy because we exist to serve our community and help people in their financial lives achieve things way above and beyond what they ever believed was even possible and to show them how and it's um, it's a, it's it's very awesome work but the job is huge and this article in the Wall Street Journal laid out how big the job actually is so today we're going to be discussing this uh, article and and most importantly, what you can do if you find yourself underprepared for retirement. That's right. That's right. That and listener questions coming up in the second half of the show. If you have a question for us, reach out to us. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. Submit a question right there on the right. Turns into an email to me. We'll hit it on an upcoming program. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And all over social media, just search Wise Money Radio, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Every episode's on the YouTube channel. I know a lot of folks listen that way. You can get the episode right there. You can subscribe to it, like the content, uh, share it, all sorts of stuff. Well, I've shared with you before that as as we're looking for content to be talking about on the show to make sure it's relevant, fresh, and it's what you're thinking about, Kevin sent me an article. And I think the same day, Casey, our own Casey Hendrickson sent me the same article. And it's the one we're talking about today. The headline's just frightening, as Kevin said. It's a generation of Americans is entering old age the least prepared in decades. And we, as Kevin said, part of the reason uh, we even have the Wise Money Show is to combat this very issue. The purpose, the one of the kind of Parts of the mission of KFG is to combat this. However, it 
this article and the authors lay out a pretty depressing case for where this generation is. And actually, when I first shared this with Josh, said, hey, that's what we're talking about on this week's show. He said, no way. Baby boomers are worse off than the previous generation. There's no way that's possible. Well, we're going to talk about why these authors make that claim. But more importantly, we're going to talk about then what you should be doing about it. Yeah, I'm so glad that you started there because, as you point out, this article, it gives lots of problems, lots of concerns, but no solutions are offered. And it even shares some stories about mistakes, but there's no lessons that are drawn from it either. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to finish the article, I guess, today. Uh, and, And really, this serves as kind of a warning to me personally and to all of us uh, who are listening together today, um, be careful of how many people or sources you have in your life that are just presenting problems and not solutions, not getting creative about what you can do about it. I don't want to be that type of person, so I'll just say publicly, you guys have my permission. Uh, Call me out on that. Even if we're recording, we're here on the air uh, when it happens. Man, if we're presenting problems with no solutions, then that is just depressing. It is. Yeah. The the broad arguments that are presented for why the baby boomers have it so bad um, are things like uh, incomes haven't risen much since 2000. Uh, there's high average debt. People are, are spending a bigger portion of their their income on debt payments than in the past. A lot of them don't have enough uh, assets to maintain their standard of living. Um, some of them are having to do, I think the phrase was menial jobs when they're yeah, seniors. It was. Right? Yeah. Um, Paltry 401k balances don't provide a lot of income. Medical expenses have gone up. Yep. That's right. Yep. Life expectancies are longer. Interest rates are low. There's there's just argument after argument for why the baby boomers have it so bad. But I, I got to tell you, I mean, there's probably just as many articles out there that talk about how millennials have it worse than anybody else. Yeah. Um, I'm, maybe there's even uh, articles that say Gen Xers have it worse. I don't know. But be careful of the victim mentality because if the problem's always out there and it's happening to you, then you may fall into the thinking that there's nothing you can do about it. And that is not what this show is about. We no. want you thinking about what you can do to change your circumstances and get ready for retirement. If you uh, if you fit the description, if the stereotype is true that you're not ready for retirement compared to prior generations, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, and if you if you wonder, am I ready for retirement? Because if if you're not on the cusp of retirement, if you've got five years or ten years or fifteen or twenty years. The question is, are you ahead, are you behind, or are you right on pace? And if you don't have clarity to answer that question, you you should be working with a certified financial planner to get that answer so that you know what you can do. Because if you're looking and you're saying, hey, I, I hope to retire at this age with this kind of lifestyle and I'll need this kind of income, then you can work backwards and know what you need to do between now and then. And then you can decide, am I willing to make that sacrifice, that level of sacrifice to position myself to do that? One of the things that this article refers to is uh, these folks are paying off debt and quite often that's student loan debt that they've either guaranteed for their kids or took out on their kids' behalf. and. I think a lot of times, the, instead of just going with the flow and saying, well, the financial aid office said we can borrow this much money, so we'll do it, 
that's a very passive approach. And in, instead, if they took an active approach and said, okay, I can retire at 65, but if I take, take on this debt for my children's education, I will need to work until I'm 72. And if you had that question framed to you like that in your early 40s, It'd be, it'd be interesting to see wh- how would I answer that question? What would my behavior be? Hey, uh, junior, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the, the community college is looking better and better every day here. <laughs> A couple of the things, yeah, I, I, I so appreciate actually both um, what you guys have shared and Josh especially about not having a victim mentality. Um, listening to some of the data or some of the facts, yeah, don't let that breed um, a lack of hope in you and we're, and we're going to talk to you about that but one of the th- one of the things that has happened is pensions have uh, uh, the availability of pensions has almost disintegrated I think in the article it actually shows the number of pensions that were available back in the 80s versus today and I think today it's less than 10% of jobs um, where people have have pensions that's a lifelong lifelong income stream very very important well now we have 401ks and the article presents that as oh you've just got 401ks no you can use that to your benefit but you but you do need to be aware that um, you need to have a greater focus on retirement income and you have to be more sensitive to how you're going to draw Social Security, which might be your sole source of lifelong income. That's the flip side to this article, isn't it? That, uh, you know, they're saying this generation is underprepared. They don't have pensions. They're stuck with 401ks. It almost implies that you can't retire if you don't have a pension. You can't retire if it's all on your shoulders. But this is the generation that is turning the corner. Every generation after them is going to see retirement as a personal responsibility issue. This is something I have to save and accumulate for. It's not going to be done for me by my employer. I can't count on my parents' generation to just leave a bunch of money behind for me to be able to make it on. I have to uh, get an active um, role in in this planning process. You can do it. That yes. is that is what this show is all about. That's what the certified financial planners, that's what your certified financial planner should be doing for you, showing you how you can do it. And this article lays out a bunch of reasons why maybe it's going to be difficult, but we're going to tell you in just a second how you can do it, some trade-offs you can make, some ways for you to overcome this mountain that this article has shared. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Whether you are far out from retirement, halfway there, or maybe on the verge, are you ready? Are you prepared? Certain Wall Street Journal article shows that it's going to be difficult to get there and almost paints the picture as if it's impossible. It's not. It's not. You can do it. And right now on the Wise Money Show, we are going to help you get there. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name's Mike. Here with me, Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, coming to you from the KFG Studios. want to say thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much. Retirement breeds just a lot of questions. It's specific to you. It is um, circumstantial. There are all sorts of trade-offs we're going to talk about in just a second that all influence whether you're on track to retire. 
reach out to us if you have needs, if you have questions. You can call us or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. The blog is right there as well, Wise Money Blog. We talk about retirement. Vision for Retirement was a, was a recent one. Uh, the why of retirement, all related to this topic as well. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook and um, Twitter. Just search Wise Money Radio. So we've just unpacked this very dark and depressing article from the Wall Street Journal laying out how this generation of retirees, the baby boomers, have it worse than, than the previous generation. And this, it strikes a chord to me because I believe in the American dream. And some of you have heard my story before, how my parents both grew up in poverty and they went from poverty to retiring early in one generation. So I just, I know, I know it is possible. And despite all the political spin and all the victimization that's uh, sent to us from Washington, D.C., you can do it. The American dream is alive and well. You can still do it here. And so the question is, when it comes to retirement, what do you need to do to get there? to reach your goals. And we're going to talk about the kind of Goldilocks and the three bears, as Kevin said, whether you're still a far uh, way out from retirement, whether you're maybe halfway there or whether you're right on the cusp of retirement, what should you be doing to get there? Yeah. And so the, the article is titled The Unprepared, a generation of Americans is entering old age, the least prepared in decades. So the answer, the bottom line is, you should be preparing. And so I so to answer the question, what should I do for preparing if I'm far out from retirement? What I should do is I should get started. And the problem is if you don't have a, a great coach or mentor or guide in your life explaining these things to you, you may not have any clue or any concept of how you would ever get started or even or even um, pushing you to do more we shared a couple weeks ago that we were invited in to talk to the Notre Dame football team and shared some principles with them you know they have a very diverse background all of them come from different situations and they're not really making any money right now so what can you do to get ready in your finances well adopt the right habits that's right adopt the right habits get started saving early Avoid debt, eliminate debt, have a savings plan, and have a coach. Have goals. Yeah. The thing you have going for you, if you still have uh, quite a ways, uh, quite a bit of time to uh, prepare, is just that. It's time. Time uh, is kind of the magical ingredient when you have a little bit of savings that you can be contributing and you're willing to take some risk. Time amplifies that so much for you. But because you have so much time, sometimes you lack the urgency. And uh, we, we try to emphasize that, especially to young people. We love talking to college students because if they could start day one of their working career and begin the habit of saving, living on less than their earning, no matter how low that paycheck is early on, you can live on that amount or less and find a way to squirrel away dollars that can be growing for the future. So, I, so Kevin, you're absolutely right. That's very simple. You should be preparing. And if you're young, you, you know, this article lays out uh, people don't have pensions and they don't have a lot saved up. We'll start saving early. People still have debt in retirement. Nope. Have a great posture for debt and pay that off quickly. Um, people, their incomes have plateaued. 
have a mindset of always learning, always getting better, always sharpening the saw so that you're always in demand in your job and your industry and getting paid more. And everything you just said, you know, I'm picturing those college students, but really it all applies to someone who's 55 too. Maybe you are a baby boomer, but you're at the tail end of, of that generation. You're on the younger end of that, um, that spectrum. You still have a number of years to get ready for retirement. And we've watched people close the gap between where they are and where they need to, to get to in 10 years or 12 years. I've seen it done in seven years. It gets harder and harder the longer you wait because you get yourself backed into a corner, your options start to shrink when time goes away. But don't lose hope. If you're a year out from retirement, you you will be making some of the biggest financial decisions that you're gonna make in your entire lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I was just meeting with a, a, a couple and they've got a couple of different pensions, and, and uh, a couple of them they can take as a lump sum. A couple of them, it's, that's not a choice. When should they take Social Security, and how should um, they do the, um, the retirement plans? So there's all of these decisions that they need to make. So again, you want to be preparing to get these decisions made, because the, the interesting thing is, um, one of the pensions they could have been taking since 62, and they haven't. Wow. And that, and that pension amount hasn't increased for the last three years. So mm-hmm. basically, there's three years of pension payments that have been left on the table that they'll never get back. Well, that's yep. too bad. Yep. Uh, you know, someone who's further out from retirement, let's say they're in their 50s, now may be a time, if you've never done it before, to sit down with a financial advisor and build a retirement projection. This is this is essentially crunching the numbers, so to speak. It's, it's them helping you to envision what your retirement will look like, what's going to be affordable for you, what things you can be doing now to get yourself ready if you're if you are a little behind the eight ball here. Maybe now is the time to recognize that your lifestyle is going to be a little bit less in retirement. So why not make the adjustment early so that you can find additional margin in your cash flow, money that you can start building up into a nest egg to support you when you walk away from a paycheck? I was going to say that as well. If you're, if you're, if retirement's far out, so you're maybe age 25 to 40, it's really about getting the right habits. And a detailed retirement plan may be helpful depending on your situation, but really you want to have the right habits. From 40 to 55, you're going to build your first retirement plan and actually hone in on where you can see, oh, I've been saving 8% into my 401k. I actually need to increase that to 16%. Or you know, calculating what will health insurance look like in retirement and start making some of those initial decisions so that you still can leverage time and use time to make sure that you're on track. But And I would talk to that group right there, the 40 to 55-year-olds. Understand that your most powerful tool for building and accumulating wealth is still your income. Yeah. And but understand the levers that you can move because that's the time where you're going to be making decisions about how do you fund your kids education and what is yes. your role in that? And if you say yes to that, what might you be saying no to? And then there's the 55 to 70 group. And this is where yeah, you're still preparing 
and you still have to be setting, you know, having those good habits of paying down debt, not introducing new debt, still saving up and so on. But but then it, you're, you're getting close to decision time. And just really quick, I had an individual that came into my office earlier this year who was 65 and he had, he didn't have anything saved up. He actually fits the mold exactly of this article. No pension, really nothing saved up, a little bit of debt, and income has been flat. We found a way for him to retire. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not next year, but we're going to change his expectation on when he was going to draw Social Security. We're going to make a slight housing change, and I didn't tell him you had to. He said, I think maybe we might want to do this, and we crunched numbers and said, you should do that. And he came in after years of thinking, I'll never be able to retire, and we showed him three years, you're going to retire, and it's going to be just fine. Here are the decisions that you need to make, and it was incredible. It was incredible. So I would encourage you, even if you're in that last stage, it's now down to decision time, and the slight changes, should I draw Social Security here or here, make all the difference in the world. We've got a little bit more to hit here on what... What do you need to do to be on track to retire, and how do you make a great decision there? That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Are you standing, let's say, just in a spot and looking around at how in the world can I retire? I don't see any hope here. I don't see a path. Well, we're helping you find that path here today on Wise Money. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. want to say thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and her team at REMAX 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. If you have any questions, if you have any needs, reach out to us. WiseMoneyRadio.com is where you can find us online. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574 222 2000 and social media every episode's right there on youtube you can watch what's going on in the studio right now just go to wise money radio on youtube we're on facebook twitter you can send us messages reach out to us that way as well search wise money radio well we're about to transition into questions from fans of the show and we've got uh, we got some good ones first one coming up from Lindsay and Granger, but we've been talking about this really sort of depressing article that the Wall Street Journal shared about the unprepared, the generation of, of Americans that actually this generation appears to be worse off than the previous generation, which goes against my vision of the American dream. And right now we're talking about, no, that doesn't, that's, that's not your story. That doesn't need to be your story. Wherever you're at, there is a path out. And I shared right at the end of the last session how an individual came in and he he said there is no path. And we went through the retirement planning process. We did financial planning and looked at all areas of his financial life and found a path for him. You know, that that actually reminds me of one of the stories presented in this article, a guy named Arthur. Uh, He's 61 years old, and it talks about how he saved up into his 401k, and he was diligent there, but he kept losing money because he was so aggressive with his investments, and he was picking individual stocks that kind of went bust on him. And at, at the end of his story, 
there's kind of this concluding statement. It's a quote by him. He says, my ideas of retiring are gone. Mm. And just this this feeling, this sense of defeat is, is how I read that, right? And it reminds me of the story that you were sharing where they came in believing that they couldn't really retire. And that does not have to be the case. It, it tells me, yeah, you do need a coach. If your creativity has been exhausted, if you don't know which direction to go, then it's time to get some outside help so that this goal can be salvaged. Maybe you need to adjust the goal itself. Maybe uh, your vision for retirement is going to need to be amended in some way. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be less satisfactory. Yeah, a, a lot of folks that we help uh, kind of build Plan B. Maybe they tried to retire on their own, and partway through, they're just they've lost confidence that this path they're on is going to be sustainable. And they come in, and we we help them figure out where they should go next. It doesn't mean their satisfaction just dropped because they made some sacrifices or some changes. In fact, my observation is the most satisfying and rewarding, fulfilling retirements that we get to observe have nothing to do with the dollar amount that people are living off of. Mm-hmm. And it really has more to do with a heart issue. And when I observe contentment in the clients that we serve, the, the monthly budget doesn't matter. There are some folks who could afford to live on a hundred grand a year and they're living on 60 and just loving life. Mm-hmm. Right. There's others that maybe they should be living on 50 and for whatever reason, they're just being frugal and conservative living on maybe 40. And it's not that their life is 20% worse off. No, they are just loving it. And it's because of this art form, this lost art of contentment. Mm. And that is an investment that you can start making long before you get to retirement. You can start practicing that habit before you're living off of your investments instead of a paycheck. Yeah, that's a great point, Josh. A lot of people think, well, my, I'm, it's going to be a financial problem. And I say, no, the financial problems can be solved. Those are, and I'm going to make a case. I, I'm, a, I'm an optimist, eternally optimistic. And so the, the, your financial problems can be solved. You know, the, in the article, it talks about Mrs. K. Bell, or Cable, or what, however you <laughs> pronounce. Uh, what, I don't know what syllable you put the emphasis on, but anyway, she she uh, secured drug coverage but owes ten thousand credit card debt as a shop owner. She never earned enough to set up a tax advantage retirement plan. Well, I can tell you this: if you earned a dollar, you just earned enough. Right. to set up a tax-advantaged retirement plan. If, if you only earned a dollar, it should be a Roth IRA. <laughs> um, but it, this is the thing. You are not a victim. So do not read an article like this and identify and, and find yourself in this article and say, oh, see, misery loves company. I'm, I'm in good company. Lots of people have uh, a difficult go of it. So See, I told you I couldn't do it, and right. this article's proof. Right. No, no, that is stinking thinking. Get out of there. I was t- talking over break. I, listen, your financial planner, your certified financial planner should be your financial cheerleader, your financial coach, telling you strategies, helping you make it as easy as possible, but encouraging you. For me, I'm be Richard Simmons. 
I'm serious. Just just pumping you up. Let's go. Let's let's go. Let's do this. Are you gonna get a perm? No, probably not. Those those short <laughs> those shorts. shorts Mike, I'm serious, you man. Stop I, it. <laughs> I'm I you can do it. Regardless of where you're at, regardless of what you're facing, you can get there. You know what? I so just yesterday I met with one of my favorite clients, only been working with them for a couple of years, but I will always remember the pep talk that he gave me as his advisor at the end of our first year of working together. Um, he kind of summarized what the financial planning experience had been for him and he, he summarized it in one word. He said, You've given me hope. Yeah. I didn't know that I was gonna be able to retire someday. I had just chalked it up as a loss. He wanted to just try to get their financial life in order so that his wife would be able to enjoy things if he passed away. And now he has a game plan, and he just showed me yesterday he's gone so far as he downloaded the app and has the countdown to ah, retirement even. Very cool. And he's just all smiles. Um, and and that's the encouragement to me. That's why we get out of bed every single morning to help people have hope in a better future. And if you don't have that, now is the time to seek out a financial advisor, a certified financial planner who can help you have hope for your financial future. Yeah, you want to have someone who can tell you, you can do it, here's how, and this is this is exactly what you're going to need to do. This is the roadmap to get you from where you are mm-hmm. to where you want to go. And take take the finances off the table as far as something that occupies space in your in your mind, um, because so many people spend so much time, effort, and energy worrying about your finances. So if you find yourself worrying, stop worrying. Take action. Yep. Get, call a certified financial planner today. Speaking of worry and speaking of big goals, Lindsay from Granger asked a great question. We're going to transition to that. It's about college. Hmm, it's that time of year. So here's what she said. My oldest is heading to IU Bloomington, and need and we need to pay for her first tuition payment. Where should this money come from? We have enough saved in the bank and a little bit in a 529 plan to cover about the first year. Should I use the cash and then loans, or do I go in a different order? How do I tackle this thing? Uh, What a fantastic question. And, uh, you know, the details matter on a a story like this, but what I'm gathering is you've saved up uh, enough money to maybe cover about a year's worth of tuition. The rest of it is either going to have to be paid for as you go, if if you have enough cash flow to do that, uh, or, or your uh, your oldest son or daughter, I'm not sure which it is, um, daughter. maybe has to start working uh, through college and, and so on. But if you know that there's going to be student loans involved, um, you know, the, the, the math isn't going to work in any other way. One of the things you want to watch for are, are you eligible for subsidized student loans? That's exactly right. Where the yeah. government gives, uh, it makes the payment on the interest essentially for you. If that's the case, you're only eligible for a certain amount each year, and you don't want to blow through one of your years and not take advantage of that loan. So don't just go spend everything that you've been building up and maybe miss on an opportunity to have this interest paid for you. Borrow that money in the first year if you know you're going to eventually anyway. Yeah, there's a few other things that we've got to hit here because I want to talk about income. I want to talk about income for 
her for your for your daughter. I want to talk about whose responsibility is this. And then we do need to figure out, well, do you draw out of cash first or draw out of the 529? Should you continue to contribute to the 529? Lindsay, that's a fantastic question. We've yeah. got a lot more to hit here. Coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Are you about to send your child, son, or daughter off to college? If so... Enjoy your freedom coming up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yippee. Just kidding. How in the world are you going to pay for it? Where do you take the money from? Should you get loans? All that sort of stuff. We've got that and more. Thanks for listening. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything, every episode's on podcast. So just go to iTunes, Google Play, search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Slightly more interesting than that, uh, every episode's also on the YouTube channel. If you want to watch us in the studio, just search and subscribe to Wise Money Radio. And if you have any questions that spur out of that, you can reach out, send us a question, call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Lastly, if you like to read... Visit us at wisemoneyradio.com. We've got the Wise Money blog right there as well. And you can submit a question also right there on the website too. So we're, we've just started to scratch the surface on Lindsay's question. She's from Granger. Let me remind you what she asked. My oldest is heading off to IU Bloomington and we need to pay for her first tuition payment. Where should this money come from? We have enough saved in the bank and a little bit in the 529 plan uh, to cover about the first year. Should I use the cash first and then loans? Do I go in a different order? What what should I do? Boy, there's just a lot to hit here. Yeah, as we mentioned in the prior segment, um, the the subsidized student loans, where the government is using tax dollars <laughs> to. Uh, go so ahead. you you get that from filling out your FAFSA. FAFSA, okay. And so we're we're here in August, but let me remind you that the FAFSA. FAFSA. I can never say it. Application opens October 1st, okay? And some some of the awards are first come, first serve. So get mark that day on your calendar. Pick an hour. shouldn't take long. You'll use your taxes from the previous year if you're doing it that year, technically the prior, prior year. And you'll fill out that information, and that is what's going to tell you what your financial aid is. Don't get confused by financial aid. A lot of it's just loans. But pay special attention to these subsidized loans, Stafford loans. That's right. Uh, One of the most common mistakes that I see people make when it comes to the college years is they believe that the 529 plan was a tool for helping build up some cash and now they're just going to start drawing off of that 529 plan, um, eventually spending down the money. Lindsay, you said that you have a little bit in the 529 plan and a bunch saved in the bank to cover the first year. 
don't lose sight of the fact that you can still make a contribution to your Indiana 529 plan, even though your daughter is now in college. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, some folks who have never saved a dime for college, but they're going to try to fund it out of cash flow, we encourage them to cycle the money through the 529 plan, dump it in and pull it right back out and make the tuition payment that way because the act of making the deposit makes you eligible for an amazing uh, Indiana tax credit. On your Indiana uh, income tax return, you can earn up to a $1,000 credit by dumping five grand into the 529 plan, even if it only stays in there for a couple weeks. That credit is based on your contribution. Lindsay, you're from Granger, so that would apply. If you're in Michigan, the tax deduction that you get for living in Michigan is a net amount from your contributions and your distribution. So this advice would not apply if you're in Michigan unless you're in Michigan and have a business in Indiana and paying Indiana state tax. We've talked about that before. But I agree with you, Josh. What role does income play? in solving this crisis. I got to tell you, you know, you said one of the bigger mistakes that people make with college is they stop funding a 529 plan. I say one of the biggest mistakes that people make with college is assuming loans are available, I'll take the loan instead of the hardship of working or, or tightening the budget to pay out of cash flow, especially the student. You said that your daughter is going into her first year. Okay, that might be too much, but has she been working over the summer? Is she planning on working next summer? And then starting sophomore year, is she getting a job to help cover room and board or help cover some of the costs? My, I'm just going to go out there. Um, my brother and I took two very different paths. Everything's confidential, but I'll just tell you. We took two very different paths in college. Um, I went to a small school t- called Michigan State. He went to this really weird school called Central Michigan University. I think it was Central Michigan University. Fire up chips. <laughs> Come on. That's where Kevin went. That's where I'm teasing him. So, but... I was just it was just ingrained to me I've got to work through college and my folks um, were helping of course but I paid for all my room and board all of that stuff because I was just working I'd wanted freedom and my cash flow and so on he necessarily didn't and he took loans he took loans and I finished college debt free with money in the bank and he had debt not a lot he didn't you know it wasn't victim mentality but he chose to go the loan route as opposed to well I can work a little bit harder I can get another job or so on and and just finish debt free isn't it interesting though how uh, a lot of parents today they reflect back on their own college experience as you are right now and it causes them to draw certain conclusions on how they want to approach it with their kids. Either they say, "Hey, this was good for me. I worked hard through college, and it, uh, you know, it it built character, and uh, you know, I appreciate those uh, education years and everything." Others say, "It was so difficult. You know, I would never do that to my kids." Yeah. And um, you know, this this phrase when I when I was coming through college, being a poor college student. Mm-hmm. was just, I mean, it's just part of the gig, right? Yeah. It's, you, you work your way through school, you're going to struggle, you don't really have any money at that point in life. And I, I wonder, are all students today experiencing that in any way? Is there enough skin in the game? Is there enough sacrifice that they're making? And how much of it is just the parents having a response to their own college experience? Um 
I, I would I would encourage you to look not just at your own resources, but what contribution can your son or daughter make to the cause as well. Mm-hmm. And just so a couple of freebies that I'll throw in for you, Lindsay. Look, work with your certified financial planner and talk about the 529 plan. If Make sure you're doing an annual contribution of at least $5,000 into it so you can get your $1,000 credit. You can pull that money right back out and use it for school if you need to. But I would have a plan. If you have an abundance of resources and the 529 is going to whatever doesn't get used is either going to get moved down to the next child or be generational money, then don't worry about it. If you don't have an abundance of resources and you're working hard just to be able to maybe be able to retire someday, I would make sure that the 529 plan money is spent. Yes, that's right. Because if it's not spent when when you uh, when your daughter is through college, if it whatever is not spent, if you choose to pull it out and live on it or repurpose it, the the state of Indiana is going to want some of that credit back. Yeah. So use that money first. I, as I see it, I would think about if there's UTMA or UGMA money that is in your daughter's name, I use that money first, then then come up with a glide path to burn through the 529 plan money. Yep. So that's one thing. The other thing, and again, in the spirit of free advice, uh, likely worth what you paid for it, is um, <laughs> I would have a a gr- I would almost have a written contract with my child to say, listen, this is what we are on the hook for. This is what we'll cover. And these are the conditions that need to be met in order. These are the kind of the performance conditions. Because I've um, had the, the pleasure it, even observing within my own family, but also working with other families where the, the, the student kind of goes off the rails. And so you say, well, do you continue to support? Do you take out student loans to support that behavior? What are you willing to do? And you might say, I'm willing to do anything. Mm -hmm. So I say, well, then you can continue to subsidize bad behavior. Um, That what you subsidize, you typically get more of. Mm -hmm. So I would would be very, very clear uh, with my student, hey, this this is what we're willing to do and these are the conditions that need to be met in order for us to do it. Consider paying for the last year. If you've got one year's worth saved up, pay for the last year. Uh, we've got some friends who are also listeners of the show that pay for A's. They'll, they'll pay for A's. They're not paying for anything other than that. So I, I like that. But the point is, and if we were catching you early, you've heard us talk about this before, is is talk about that approach. Talk about the game plan, whose responsibility is what you should be talking about that early on when your child is very young. So thanks for the question, Lindsay. Hopefully that was helpful. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and all of us at KFG, Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.